and welcome to episode number 43, the Marta Biron episode. How about that? Well, we don't hear any tape coming off the uh, <laughs> coming off the ankles in this in the background, but you get it. Absolutely. Russ Cohen, uh, you can follow Russ on Twitter, and I demand that you do, at Sportsology. Also, the website, sportsology.com. Yep. All the books are there and everything. Yeah, Amazon.com. You can check me out. And all the Mets stuff is on there as well. Yeah, well that's yeah. a story for another day. Uh, and uh, Jason Mertitis with you. You can follow me on Twitter if you like. I don't demand it. At Jason Mert. You can follow the podcast at Stick to Hockey Pod. You can email us at sticktohockeybiz at gmail.com. That's all the stuff that we get out of the way at the beginning of the program. Um, coming up in just a couple minutes, we're going to sit down. We're going to have a conversation with Flyers general manager Chuck Fletcher. So let's first start before fresh we get off to, this season. That's that's pretty yeah. good. So let's let's first and foremost just get to the the big news, and then we'll get to do it to Chuck Fletcher, and then we'll come back and do a full season wrap on the Flyers. Uh, but first and foremost, the big news obviously is that Joel Quenville, in short order, is the next head coach of the Florida Panthers. Were you shocked by uh, the fact that? He went there, A, and B, that it happened so quickly. I, I'm not shocked that it happened so quickly because, if you remember, I would have fired Bob Bugner at the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. Like, I would have. So, it was an underachieving team. Very underachieving yeah. for the amount of talent they have. Matter of fact, I started like a, a firestorm on another show because I said the Florida Panthers are closer to winning the Stanley Cup than the Flyers currently are. Mm-hmm. They really are. And, and some people didn't like that. So, fine. Whatever. But I wasn't. Totally shocked, but a little shocked that it was this quick. So when it, when I put together all the dots for this quick, we, we know Dale Talon, so that's a checkbox. We know that there's talk of Bobrovsky and Panarin coming. Represented by the same agent now as well. So that's check, check. Yep. They do those two things with the current roster they have with Alexi Hepaniemi maybe coming and Owen Tippett maybe coming. They're going to be a, a force. And Barkov, one of the best players in the league. That's no question. Not getting the accolades he deserves. Oh, he's no, he's, he's getting them. I, I voted. I, gonna, oh, he's going to be in your Selkie ballot. Uh, might be. Okay. Well, stay tuned. We'll find out about that. So all of a sudden, uh, Quenville, the big fish, is off the board. And naturally, Flyers fans feel like they lost something even though they never had it. Yeah. Because his name was mentioned at the press conference of the firing of Ron Hextall by Dave Scott, uh, the CEO uh, of the Flyers, who for is the representation of owners. So now all of a sudden, you don't get Quenville. Not only that, you lose him to Florida, which a lot of people here view as a wasteland yeah. and a half-empty building all the time and a non-relevant franchise. Um, Chuck Fletcher did say in his uh, day after availability that they had not reached out to Quenville. Do you buy that he didn't reach out to him? No. <laughs> I'm with you. No, I mean— They that, were one of the teams that asked for permission. I don't— Believe everything GMs tell me. I'm smart that way. Yeah, and you have to know you, if you've lived you believe long absolutes, enough. Which means we signed this yes. player. Now I believe that. Yes. The other yeah. stuff is GM speak. Yeah. So no, I mean that. <laughs> I mean that's ridiculous. But that's fine. Again, this is a good move for Florida. This is good for the league. You got Quenville back in the league. This will now also start the trend of, well, this guy's going to get traded to Florida, and this guy's going to get traded to Florida. And, you know, in the past, guys used to go to Florida to retire. Now they might not. Like, now there's a little hope. Now, the biggest thing is, is this going to bring fans into that arena? That's the biggest thing, because we know Peter Luco likes to land the big fish, and and they did. Is this going to bring fans? Yeah. Well, winning... 
will be a big part of that, and they look like a team. But they were winning win. last year, and yeah. they didn't get fans. So, like, what is it going to take for people in South Florida? And it may, the answer might be the playoffs. Yeah, it might take that. It may take a matchup between them and the Tampa Bay Lightning to really ignite right. it, yeah. which is something down the road you could see because yeah. Tampa Bay certainly poised to be there for a while. Florida could be a team big time on the come, especially if they land Panarin and Bobrovsky. Right. So it looks like I, now Luongo is probably not going to retire. But he's not going to play. He's not. Look, I've he's talked find to this. Some illness or, no, I don't think he's going to. He is not. A huge no, 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 no. First thing is he is not retiring. Second thing is there was somebody who put out an article the other day that basically was saying is Luongo done, whatever, and he put he retweeted with fake news. So he is the kind of guy. Great follow, by the way. He, yeah, he is a great follow. You can't tell me that he's going to end up on LTIR because I'm telling you right now, that won't happen. You don't, you don't think, you think no. he's going to continue to play? He's going to continue to play. So be a, a backup role for Bobrovsky. Or, yeah, they're either going to have to find a way to trade Reimer, who, again, makes way too much money for what he does. It's like 4.2 or something. No, they're never or, healthy. Yeah. Or, I'll give you another crazy one that I have floated on another show. What if they call up the Canucks? Because at the end of the day, that's where the contract goes back to. That's the recapture, yeah. Yeah. So maybe they just trade him back to the Canucks mm. and don't look for a big return, and they just save it off the cap. Oh, very interesting. That's very plausible that that could happen. Yeah. Because um, they're sort of in between goalies. Thatcher Demko may not be ready. Markstrom's good, but he's mm. not great. Maybe, you know, Bobby Lou plays another year or two for them. And he could be a mentor role. Yeah, certainly. for Demko, yeah. Um, real quick before we get to Chuck Fletcher. Um, so where where who's on the list now for the Flyers? There's a lot of openings out there. Well, I tweeted last night. Nine openings, I believe now. Yeah, I a tweeted last league. night. Dave Tippett, and so there, you know, we saw that I did as well. Sirius XM. Mike Johnson said Chuck Fletcher was talking to Dave Tippett, but right. the problem is Dave Tippett is a senior advisor for Seattle, and he has actually been actively looking for people himself. Yeah. So I think it would take a massive offer to get him to change course. And not want to, because he's already got a like an office in Seattle. Like He's yep. already set up. It would take a massive offer. So I don't really expect them From to. I understand lo- he's getting the itch, though. He might be. To get behind the bench again. But this is not a guarantee. This is really like a 50-50 at best yeah. because of what his plans are and what his future plans may be. Now, after that, it has to be Elaine Vigneault. I know I brought it up before. He's only missed the playoffs twice in his whole career. Yeah. And he is a good coach. He is a good coach. Yeah. People get tired of him because sometimes he won't give youngsters a chance, and that's true. But he will make you earn your ice time. He will make you play with pace. He will make you control the puck. And he will command the room. And And he will sit you if you're not doing that. And at the end of this flyer season, some of the veterans needed to be sat mm-hmm. for the lack of effort that they were showing out there. One was, yeah, and a lot more, but could more have been. more could have been, yeah. And so he would do that. The other thing that I think is really important is, in respect to Jake Voracek, remember what Vigneault was able to do with Gabrick. Gabrick wasn't the easiest guy to deal with. He, I think, could work some magic with Voracek. That's a good point. When he had Marion Gabrick, that's a great point. Um, what about Bruce Boudreaux? Is he going to remain in Minnesota? And if not, he's certainly a candidate. Well, it's 3 o'clock. Is there a time zone difference in Minnesota? I think it's one hour. So it's one hour. We could be like two or three hours away from him being fired. They might wait until that 5 o'clock so it doesn't go straight on the news. It wouldn't shock me if he gets fired. It wouldn't shock me if they keep him. Mm. I think Leopold apparently likes him. He does. And it will depend on how that meeting goes. He did do a great job with Ryan Donato when he came Mm -hmm. in. And they did stay in the race with their top defenseman, top center. Nina Ryder gone. Yeah, and and Koivu being out. I mean, that's massive. Yeah. 
you know, because preseason, I did pick them to go to the Western Conference Finals, but that was if they're healthy. Yeah. Once they lost those two guys, you know, you take them off of any, any other team, you're not going to probably make the playoffs either. So it's a tough one, but I'm going to say they probably will cut ties with him. And if they do, you will at least see him get interviewed here in Philly. I'm sure well, of it. Chuck hired him in Minnesota, and he went out of his way to do it. Because at that time when he was let go after the four Game 7 losses in Anaheim, Ottawa was hot on Bruce Boudreau's tail. Yeah. Chuck got on a plane, flew out to Anaheim, and got the deal done within eight days. Right. He wanted him. He went and got him. Um, to, okay, Russ Cohen's got the ear of Chuck Fletcher. You're going to have it in a second, actually. <laughs> um, who are you telling him to, to make the next head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers? Dave- Assuming Boudreau's available. Vigno, Dave Tippett. Sheldon Keefe. Dave Tippett. You going Dave Tippett? But okay. I'm, but I'm going to have to tell my bosses you are going to have to overpay to get this guy, and this is why. But if you remember, what he did with the Coyotes has really never been replicated from any coach since with the Coyotes, considering they spent no money. They actually spend a little more now than they did then. His defensive system's great. He is a very rigid coach, though. He is. It's Dave Tippett's way or the highway. However, he's never really played with a team that's had a budget either. And so that really could help him. Dallas to some extent. Yeah, Dallas to some extent. But but they never were top. I don't know if they were top spenders at that time. No, probably not. Probably not. But... I think this could be a, a great fit for Dave Tippett. I do think it still could be a good fit for Elaine Vigneault. Those would be my top two guys. Mm, interesting. Now, if you want to tell me it comes down to, like, those guys are out, right? Somebody Because guys are going every minute. Yep. Like, you know, we this just— This is going to be really rapid. Things, things are happening quickly with, I mean, McClellan's rumored to go to Buffalo right now. As we speak, I got that yeah, text and the, and before the initial, I walked in. The, and the initial thought was he was going to L.A. to join the Kings. Right. So next couple of days, they're all going to play musical chairs. That's why the Flyers are being aggressive now. I look at it, and if it comes down to Boudreau or Scott Gordon, I'm still going to go Boudreau because you can make the same argument with Scott Gordon. You know it's not fair. He hasn't had playoff success either. Yeah. But – Boudreaux has done enough in the regular season that you have to believe if he's got enough winners on his team, they'll push him through. You know, I used to hear the same thing for Joe Torre. I used to hear this for a lot of different managers and coaches and otherwise that, hey, they can win the regular season. They can't win the playoffs. You know what? Take your chances. It's that way until you do. They say the same thing about Ovechkin. They say the same thing about all kinds of players in sports. Joining us right now on the uh, Stick to Hockey pod, uh, Jason Martinez and Russ Cohen, along with Flyers general manager Chuck Fletcher. Chuck, I know uh, it's the end of a season for you guys. It's always uh, a difficult time when the postseason is not in the cards. But can you kind of sum up what's been a a pretty crazy bunch of months for you since you took over this job uh, earlier this year uh, after the termination of Ron Hextall? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a different experience. I've never gone through this, and uh, you know, usually during the season, you're just managing the team and trying to help the coach and uh, support the players and find ways to win games. But in, in, in my situation, I literally had to meet everybody and, and uh, get to know the entire organization. So it created a a lot of different things that I, I really have to deal with in season. But it, you know, it's been great. Uh, the people are great. Uh, uh, it's a tremendous organization, and um, you know I think we have some real bright days ahead of us as a hockey team. But uh, I, I am looking forward to the summer to have a little bit more time to go about things and plan things and do the things I think we need to do. And uh, you know, and next year I think we'll probably be a more more orderly season. But it's been a great experience. Chuck, you guys didn't have a lot of time to meet with all the scouts. You and Brent had to get to know all the prospects and sort of you know look forward now to the upcoming draft. 
I'm wondering if you're able to give us an idea. Nobody ever says who they're going to pick, but maybe just the sort of direction you might be looking towards for the draft. Yeah, for us, it's all about skill. I think in the first round, particularly if you're in the top half of the first round, which, uh, you know, by virtue of not making the playoffs, we are. Uh, you know, I think you really need to focus on skill, uh, whether that's a forward or a defense. Um, you know, in some cases, even a goalie, I think that would be necessarily the, the avenue we'd look to do this year. But, um, you know, to find a high-skilled defenseman, a high-skilled uh, forward, it's just scoring goals is the name of the game now. And, and uh, you know, your best opportunity to get high skill is to take it early. So that'll be the focus. And, you know, and the Flyers uh, uh, historically have, have drafted really well, in my opinion, at least, and uh, found a lot of good players. This current group of scouts, uh, uh, a lot of them I'm familiar with, and I've had a chance to work with them for a few months, and I've been very impressed. So, you know, I think we'll have an opportunity to select a really good player here uh, come June. Well, you don't have to wait long to find out where you'll draft the draft lottery <laughs> a lot earlier this year. Uh, are you a superstitious guy at all, Chuck? Do you have like a rabbit's foot uh, to move uh, from that 10 spot up into one, two, or three? <laughs> I, I, I'm not overly superstitious, but uh, I might bring something just as a prop just in case. <laughs> well, we could send you with something, I'm sure. Uh, Chuck, let's talk about this team this past year. You know, they come into the season, and uh, a lot of people expected this team to make this step forward. They did not. They had a 98-point season a year ago, this year 82. And with that comes a lot of question marks. When you look at this team in your time here and, and you look at uh, the issues of this team, what is the fundamental issues uh, that really stick out for you in areas that you need to improve in? Well, there's two main things. One, I, I think we do need to improve our depth. Um, we have good players, and, and we have some good young uh, prospects coming through the pipeline. But I do think we need to, to uh, you know, actively look for a few, uh, a few more NHL players that uh, can just provide more depth, uh, create more competition, and maybe uh, allow us to slot players in their proper uh, in the proper spots throughout our lineup. And, and the second thing is, is we. You know, we need to dramatically decrease our goals against, and and there's there's various reasons why we gave up so many goals this year. I mean, at times we had goaltender instability, which hopefully we can correct. Uh, at times our our PK struggled, particularly early in the season. Although, you know, the last several months I think we were a top ten PK. Um, you know, we do have a young defense, but all those guys gained a lot more experience. Uh, you know, the main thing for me though is just mindset and, and habits. We we turn too many pucks over. Uh, we need to be, uh, you know, better in all three zones, even in the offensive zone, be, be hungrier to, to stay above the puck and win puck battles and prolong our offensive zone time, and not get three guys caught, and not give up odd man rushes. Uh, again, turn out turnovers in the neutral zone, uh, you know, flying the zone in the defensive zone before we have control of the puck and hanging our defenseman out to drive there. There's a lot of habits we, we have that uh, I think, um, we can work on starting in training camp and, and, and try to instill a better defensive mindset, which in turn should allow us to have the puck in the offense zone more often. Chuck, uh, you've got a couple talented college players that I'm pretty sure you, you guys have contacted in Tanner Lasinski and Wade Allison. Just wondering if, if we could get an update on them, and is it possible after the Frozen Four that you could be looking at a, a college free agent signing? You know, we, we've looked at, I guess, Russ, i answer your last part of it first. Um, you know, uh, we have looked at some college free agents, and we've we've been involved in a few of them. And and uh, I think in some cases, uh, uh, you know, the number of prospects that we have at, at various positions have 
<laughs> have have made us a less attractive choice in the eyes of right. some of those free agents. So, yeah. Uh, you know, we, we scout them hard, and we have been certainly kicking tires. I, I don't foresee, you know, a lot of activity on, on that front for us. Uh, going forward, we hope to get more involved. But, uh, you know, the good thing is uh, we do have a lot of kids coming in. Uh, with, with respect to Allison and and, uh, and Tanner, uh, my expectation is, you know, Wade will go back to school. Uh, I'm not, um, you know, it's, it's not 100%, but in speaking with Wade and, his, his advisor and even Andy Murray at this season, uh, he wasn't healthy. Right. Uh, it was a tough season. You know, a lot of perspectives for him. I don't think he uh, felt he played as well as he did the year before. And, and he'd like to uh, get his game to a better spot before he takes a shot at pro hockey, which, which is understandable. Oh, yeah. um, with respect to Tanner, uh, you know, I, I know he's, you know, just sort of uh, uh, taking some time to decompress from the season and, and at the right time, we'll speak, you know, with, with, with the coaching staff at Ohio State and, and, uh, uh, and Tanner and see. But, um, you know, certainly uh, he, he's more than ready to turn pro. But obviously, sometimes uh, guys like to go back mm-hmm. and, and have that senior season. And no question about it. Chuck, uh, let's talk. You're probably wondering why we haven't asked about the coach yet, but we're going to ask about <laughs> it now. <laughs> Obviously, the big news uh, the day after the season ends is that uh, Joel Quenville signs uh, to coach the Florida Panthers. Um, that was the big name out there. The big name isn't always the right guy. It's a big name, and it certainly garners you some uh, good PR. Uh, when looking at that situation with Joel Quenville, was it, was he a guy that you guys internally discussed in serious circles? or And what are you looking for in your next coach? What are the boxes you need to check? Is it NHL experience? Do you want a younger coach uh, with a slight analytical approach? What are the boxes Chuck Fletcher and the Flyers want to check off? Yeah, well, I mean, for us, the uh, first of all, Scott Gordon did a tremendous job. And uh, Scott, uh, you know, came in as an interim head coach in the middle of the season and I think he he did a lot of good things with respect to our defensive structure. Our, our young players uh, seem to progress and play well, and our veteran players seem to buy in and and respond. So I, I think Scott did a really good job, uh, especially you know in, in an interim situation where you don't have the benefit of a training camp and, and a full season to, to to do the things you want to do. So Scott remains a strong candidate, uh, as I you know uh, mentioned earlier today, and I've met with the coaches and. You know, it's it's an important decision for the franchise, and it's important for me to uh, spend a little bit of time, uh, also decompress from the season, but to, to do some due diligence and uh, maybe look at uh, uh, you know some other uh, uh, options and, and and see what the best fit for the Flyers is. So, you know, I, I don't think I need to interview 20 people. I think Scott's done uh, a tremendous job, so I I, I don't need to. Uh, um, you know, I, I could probably, I guess, uh, cross off uh, several of the, of, of the candidates that I may have considered uh, a few months ago. But, you know, I do need to look at a couple different options here and, and make sure I get make the right decision for the Flyers. Uh, uh, the Quenville factor of that that question too. I know you, know, you dodged that a little bit, my own Chuck. But was that was no, that a consideration? I, I didn't dodge it at all. <laughs> he, was, he was hired by the Florida Panthers. And, yeah. You know, we're starting our process today, and he was hired a few days ago, I believe. So it, it's a, it's a non-factor for us. I mean, um, we're we're starting now, and Joel works for Florida. Is there an expectation, Chuck, on the timetable for the uh, for the decision on the coach? No, no. There's no no. Uh, timetable at all i mean ideally we'll have it before opening day next year because um, i don't really want to coach but uh, <laughs> okay uh but no uh no there, there's no i i don't know if, it, if it'll be lengthy or not but 
um, you know, I just want to get the right coach at the right time. And obviously sooner is always better than later because there's a lot of things to do on the to-do list. But yeah. I know that it's uh, it's critical to, to make the right decision. Chuck, are you a GM that likes to, to take a lot of input from your coach uh, on, on what he's looking for in players? Obviously, you guys have to be very synergistic, and you the vision has to be – it has to match. Um, is that something that, that you like in a coach, a very outspoken guy that really kind of gives his opinion, and you guys work together? Do you like to – you know, some coaches kind of just go, I just want to coach and not worry about that. You give me the players I coach. What's, what's your preference in that regard? Yeah, no, you, you have to. You, there, there has to be good synergy. There has to be good communication. Uh, you know, it's, it's difficult in the cap system if you go out and sign a free agent or make a trade for a, a high-salary player and, and uh, you haven't received the coach's input and coach doesn't fit him in the way you thought he would, then now you've got an expensive problem on your hand. And In the cap system, it's, it's difficult to, to move on from bad contracts. It's difficult to to, uh, I guess, trade away mistakes. So um, you, you really need to work together and you, and you need to have, uh, uh, you, you know, coaches coach and managers manage, but you, you need to know the type of player a coach wants. And, and if you're going to spend a lot of money, you, you, you probably better get him in and make sure that he's, he's on board. So uh, I think that's just the nature of the game now. And, and uh, you know, the coach and GM work closely together on everything, even on roster decisions, uh, who makes the team, uh, you know, there's a whole host of things that you, you know, travel, uh, that you're working together all the time. And you, it's it's so important to, to find somebody you can communicate with and, and work with. Chuck, what's your plan for the summer for uh, just figuring out the backup goalie position? Well, we're, uh, you know, we've, our pro, pro scouts and our goaltending staff have been, uh, you know, our go- we have two goaltending coaches, and uh, they've been working on uh, lists and, and putting together how we evaluate players. And you know, whether it's for agency or a trade or, or or what have you, we need to we you know we clearly need to uh, sign at least two guys. I mean, Carter Hart's mm-hmm. under contract, and Alex Lyons under contract, and clearly we need at least two more. Uh, we have a couple young kids uh, that we believe will be over here next year, Sandstrom and Ustamenko, but. They're young guys that you know will probably spend time between the ECHL and the American League, and but so we we need uh, uh, clearly you know one uh, good goaltending option and, and possibly even a second guy with some experience just to make sure we have depth. So that's what we're doing now. We're going through the process and evaluating players, and you know both uh, Brian Elliott and Cam Talbot are, are certainly guys that we're uh, considering and mm-hmm. are on our list, and we know them both, and uh, we just have to. Uh, compare and contrast all the names now, and and, uh, and and figure out who we who we bring in. But uh, you know, clearly the process has been undergoing for a while. Uh, Chuck, when you look at the the situation with Carter Hart, he gets up this year and he gets a really good taste. Had some really good success at the NHL level. Ideally, how many games would you want him to play next year? And and that's also obviously a consideration on who you bring in to be a tandem with him. Yeah, I think I think the, the two guys we have, assuming they're healthy. Uh, we'll both be in, in between that 30 and 50 game range. And, um, you know, so it could be Carter 30 and the other guy 50 or vice versa. I mean, I, I think it, today's game, it's, it's probably, you know, fairly difficult for guys to play 65, 70, 75 games like, like a lot of goaltenders were about five or six years ago. And so I think I, ideally with, with the back to backs and, uh, allowing guys time to, to, uh, to practice and stay on top of their game and hopefully stay healthy. Uh, you know, I think somewhere in that 30 to 50 range for both. And 
And, hey, well, Carter's going to be a really good goaltender for a long time, and he, he turns 21 in August, and this is a tough week. So, you know, it, you know. obviously we hope everything goes great, but, uh, <laughs> you know, on the way there there can be challenges for, for sure. younger players, particularly players in their second year in the league. And this league has a way of, of adjusting back to players and, and finding weaknesses, and oftentimes players then have to adjust back and and uh, to, to the adjustment that the, the coaches make with them. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, we hope for the best, and and uh, but we need to make sure we have another, uh, at least one more real quality goaltender here, and um, to to protect against any uncertainty that could be out there. Well, hopefully, you don't have to go so far as to have seven more like this past season. And, but... you, ne- and you never want to, <laughs> and you never want to have have to dress Jason as an emergency guy, <laughs> even though his equipment's always in his car. You don't want to go no, there, Chuck. Believe me, if I left that equipment in the car, it would melt the roof. Uh, <laughs> Chuck, you got a couple of restricted free agents you got to deal with this summer, and pretty important players. Uh, Ivan Provorov, uh, Travis Konechny amongst them. Uh, how do you anticipate those negotiations going? Well, they they always tend to take some time. It seems like. I, I mean, we're. We're going to start in earnest here pretty quickly uh, with those guys, and and I, I prefer to do them in the summer because then it's not an attraction for the player when he's playing. But the problem sometimes when you do them in the summer is there's not a lot of uh, you know deadlines that force action. So sometimes uh, you know you tend to stick to your guns and they tend to stick to their guns. So these things can can linger throughout the summer, uh, unfortunately. But uh, at at the end of the day. We'll have everybody signed by training camp, I believe, and but we'll, we'll certainly start now and and try to get them done sooner rather than later. But again, in, in a cap system, you got to make sure you get the right number. Uh, you have a lot of uh, equity to deal with. You have draft picks, you have prospects, you have cap space, you have players on that, that are you could trade should you use that as an asset to acquire players. What are the three areas you want to check off this year in this offseason to improve this roster so that next year at this time, this team's headed to the postseason with a chance to do some damage? Well, you know, in terms of personnel, I, obviously we need to, you know, we we have uh, three, uh, sorry, more than three, we have four unrestricted goaltenders right now. So as I mentioned before, we need to we need to find a couple goaltenders for sure. I mean, that's obvious. You can't go into a season with two, uh, you know, with, with just Carter Hart and Alex Lyon. we got two teams um, you know, we could use a little, uh, a little, a bit more experience on the blue line. That would be something we we could look at, and uh, you know, we could use another uh, one or two quality forwards. Uh, you know, to again to give us more depth, and and you know, we're going to sit down with the scouts here next week for a few days, and then again in May, and then again in June, and we'll develop a list and 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 you know, and and try to target the right people. And it's you know, it's probably not realistic to go out and find four or five players it's just, it's just uh you know but certainly if we could fill a couple and, and have our young players continue to progress and then i think we could be in a situation where we get better pretty quickly uh, last question for you chuck uh is the plan moving forward from your standpoint as a gm to plan on Giroux being a winger and and an, also in an attempt to have him removed from the penalty kill to kind of you know keep him out there for uh, more offensive purposes uh, well, he, you know, we've, we, you know, we've looked at, at actually at a lot of the data with respect to the PK and, you know, Giroux and, uh, Couturier are, you know, by far our best penalty killers statistically. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's difficult to hold them, um, you know, to hold them off the PK, same with Coots. Uh, now that, that's where I spoke before about maybe trying to add another couple NHL forwards. So maybe there are situations where if we add a couple guys that maybe could help out and, Various roles, whether it be PK or defensive zone faceoffs, or 
uh, you know, you're up two to one and other couple guys you can trust in certain situations. It, it may allow us to, to spread the ice time around, but, but G, uh, both G and Coots love to play. Uh, they, they like the big minutes. They seem to handle it. Um, you know, I, I, I prefer G on at left wing. I, I think he, it allows him to focus more on the offensive side of the game instead of having to battle down low in D zone all the time as a center, right. but he good center and, uh, and, you know the the coaching staff will have a big say in that, and and uh, but you know I know D's willing to play both, but I think when he's on left wing and you, you know you, you take away some of those hard defensive responsibilities, it does give him a lot more energy to to create, and we need him to create. Yeah, I lied about the last question. I have one more. How much of a luxury is it to have a player like Sean Couturier to do what he's done in back to back seasons offensively, play the full. 200 by 65 and have a cap hit of 4.3 million for the next three years after this. What a great situation that is for you. Well, he's, he's a great player. And, and, and the thing is he better than you I, thought when you got here, Chuck, Yeah, he's better than what I thought. And I actually, I thought he was very good, and, mm-hmm. but he's still, still better than what I thought. And uh, what's uncanny about him is how strong he is in puck battles. And, you know, he, he, I mean, he is a big man, but, um, not like he's a 230 pound guy or anything, but you, you look at him down low and when he has the puck and you watch guys try to take the puck off him. And it's, it's remarkable how strong he is in puck battles and how he's able to make plays down low and how he thinks the game. And, but he's just an unbelievable human being. And he is zero maintenance, he's zero maintenance for the staff, for the coach, for me. He just plays. He never complains. If we took him off the first power play unit this year and put him on the second power play unit to try to get to spark things. And his comment to to our staff was, "Hey, if this helps us win games, I'm fine." Uh, well, he is from a me. hockey family, Chuck. That does help. Sylvain, yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, but he, he's, uh, uh, you know, we're we're very lucky to have him. Yeah, yeah, he certainly is uh, one of those guys that can really be a huge piece of this thing. Well, Chuck, I, I know you got a lot of work to do this summer. Uh, you got some big decisions ahead, including the uh, the coach, whether that's Scott Gordon or someone else. We appreciate you taking the time, and we'll be checking in. And good luck uh, with the lottery, man. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Thanks, Russ. All right, special thanks to uh, Flyers General Manager Chuck Fletcher for joining us here on the Stick to Hockey Podcast. I got to tell you, he gave us more information than I expected to get. Not you that got we... something right out of the gate. I did. I did get something out of the gate. I was really not expecting that. It was pretty breaking news about Allison. I had been sniffing, sniffing around for days about that. It was nice that he told us. Yeah, looks like he'll be going back, and yeah, we'll see. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of boxes to check, so let's do kind of the the full Flyers uh, redux here, if you will. Okay, and look at this season. Not reflux, not acid reflux, well, redux. It felt like that a lot of times. And I did. wish I had a tongue. <laughs> uh, but they end up with 82 points the season prior. 98 points. They had the third spot in the Metro. They fought tooth and nail to get that, right. and they got into the playoffs last year. Uh, but this year, 82 points. Clearly, a massive disappointment. Um, when you look at this season, what's the biggest kind of takeaway that you have? I mean, the obvious one is inconsistency has been the case for many years. But what do you take away from it? Slow starts in games, always behind. 32 times this year. Which is crazy. Down two goals to none. Which is crazy. And then all of a sudden the bell goes off and and then they start kicking it in gear. They they basically went 500 in those games. Yeah, and they tie them a lot of times and a lot of times they would win them. But... (laughs) Early part of the season, Dave Haxtell would have liked a few goals out of James Van Riemsdyk. I know he would have. Would have been nice if JVR could have done that. I know he had some injuries at the beginning, but he did score a lot of goals in garbage time. He needs to actually be more consistent next year, too. All of that said, the defense just slipped dreadfully that last 
couple weeks. Oh, yeah. Dreadfully to now, the was point. Was that when they were out of gas or just getting exposed for youth? No, I think youth? it's just getting exposed for youth. And yeah. this is, you, you, it's nice to have youth on the blue line. Like, everybody would like to have Erasmus Darlene, but you still have to have the right guys around them. And what we were finding, or at least what I was finding on this team was, while I felt Shane Gossespierre was getting better, Robert Hag was getting worse, Philippe Myers hit the wall, so they sent him back. That's fine. See what he does next year. Sanheim made his way through. He actually... He came through this season really well. Provorov finished fairly strong. But, you know, and Gudis had, you know, Gudis, we all said, I got killed at the live show when I said he's not getting traded, he's an untouchable, and everybody jumped on me, right? Yeah. He's still here, and I'm going to tell you right now, they will. he's got one more year left. They will probably extend Radko $3.2 million cap hit yeah. for what he gave you this year. And, and it's funny because he actually found the way to become a player that was getting suspended, but still play physical to a point where yeah. the opposition knows when he's on the ice, yeah. but to rein it in just enough. And he won the uh, Barry Ashby Award as the team's top defenseman for the consistency of this year. But part of the problem is is that Radko Gudis won the Barry Ashby Trophy as the top defenseman because Provorov was very up and down. Right. But he'll learn from that. Having that season for Provorov, I think, is something that he needed to have heading into next year. Like, there's three spots. In my mind, there's three defensive spots up in the air for next year, starting the year. Okay. And that's not counting the seventh spot. Okay, so so those spots are obviously Shane Gostisbehere, mm-hmm. obviously Robert Haig, mm-hmm. and your third one is probably going to be, what, McDonald? or It'll be whoever that other guy that, is. Yeah. It'll be whether it's McDonald. And, Morin. And Morin. What did, I, he, what did you see out of him? What I saw out of him was I still felt like when he would – Backward skate in transition, a little clunky still. A little better than he used to be, a little clunky. He was good to the puck in the corners. He has that nice long stick. He didn't always hold on to the puck, though. Mm-hmm. His puck skills are not fantastic and when it comes, it comes from to not playing, too. And it does. And yep. it does come from fair. rustiness, and, and we want to be fair. Look, his checking was good. He's able to catch guys and check them. That's good. I think he's going to end up being like a defensive enforcer for them who plays like 10 minutes a game when he plays. Yeah. And I think that's how it's going to work like for six, him. Seven. He's going to be a 6'7". I don't really you see... you don't mean his height. No, and I don't mean his height. I don't really see another role for him. People could talk about how he has a great shot. I'll go back to Dylan McElrath. Everybody said he had a great shot. He scored a goal early on, and then I think he had one goal in his career. Moran might be able to do a little bit more than that, yeah. but he's going to have to be in position to do that, and he's not really going to get that opportunity very often. I mean, what did you see out of him? Well, I mean, the, the other part of the equation, too, is his ability to stay healthy. Yes. When you're talking about a guy that's a six seven defenseman, you want that guy to be a guy that you can always count on to be healthy. Right. And that's something that you just don't have with him okay, right now. Okay, but take that part away. What did you think about uh, his skating? Look, I thought his skating was decent. I agree with you. You I, agree I, on the backward transition? Like, when he would get back. It's his, always been about his hips. Yeah. Right? And yeah. the ability to turn your hips when you got a player like Tyler Johnson or yeah. Mitch Marner bearing yeah. down. Yeah. It was very difficult at that size. His gaps, I thought, were decent. Yeah. Um, the one thing about, you know, look, I, don't th- I thought he was decisive. And safe. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is probably what the coaches said. Let's really dumb this down, Sam. Let's just be decisive. Let's yeah. be smart. Keep it Glass simple. flips out. Do those things. And, and I thought he he showed himself pretty well. But I still don't buy it that he's a top four defenseman at any point. No. And I don't see this big lust to say, I'm coming into next year and I got Moran for a whole year. Right. Like, that's not a feather in my cap. Right. So I look at it that way. Um you talked before about guys that needed to be scratched, yep. veterans at the end of the season. The guy I alluded to when I said one was Shane Goss Despair. Yeah. Um, he acknowledged the fact that clean-out day, he had a tough year. Yeah. Um, he said he actually had more freedom under Dave Haxtall than he did 
under Scott Gordon. Which is surprising. Yeah, I was surprised to hear that. Um, and he felt like he played a little bit with handcuffs on, for lack of a better term. I think but there were some, was some good ups and downs at the end of the year for him, though. I, mm. I felt like his second half was at least better. Palatable. Yeah, it was palatable. Now, where are you with him going forward? Well, I have to see where the pro for negotiations go. If it goes according to the way Chuck says, I could float him out there on the open market and see what I can get back in a trade. But again, if I have to trade him, I, all I'm doing is hopefully upgrading, but I didn't fill a hole. Because I could keep him. He traded a hole. Because I, but the thing is, even though he may be a hole, he's still going to get 10 goals. He's still going to get 40 points. Good power play player. And he's an excellent power play puck distributor and got a great shot when he feels like honing it in and actually getting it on net and not rushing it. So how many of those guys can you get at that current cap hit? Yeah, and, and the question is, too, is, is Sanheim a number one power play quarterback? Not yet. Not yet. No. Uh, is Proveroff that guy? I don't know if he's really a power player. I mean, there was the one year he went and finished a lot on goals, but it wasn't he wasn't necessarily getting the point shot goals. No, now, he was going to the net. He was going to the net yep. and got those. That's when people look at the goal total and know that he was yeah. going to the net. 16, yeah. Yeah, but he does have a very accurate shot. Like, he's one of those guys that just mm-hmm. shoots it on that. Precision. End of the day, he's probably not that guy. Um, everybody knows I'm not the biggest fan of Goss Bears game, but... One thing I will say, and one thing that doesn't get talked about, one of his strengths is the ability to keep the puck in at the blue line. Yes. He's incredibly oh, acrobatic. No, he is great he's like a that. shortstop. Yeah. So, and his physical side. It's like Ozzy Smith. He did start to show his physical side again mm-hmm. second half of the year where it was invisible first half. So yeah. if he is going to hit some people, you know what? It has to be a great trade to do it. Yeah. I would rather add and still keep Gostaspear in the mix if I could. Okay. Um they need to add a top 4D. We know what Chuck Fletcher's uh, checklist looks like. Jared Spurgeon, top of the list, number Boom. one. Boom. I was just going to say the same name. Yeah. You aren't thinking exactly long. There's a history there, obviously. That's the name. He's what a big you, shot blocker. I was looking at. you got to give up to get him? Oh, you don't have to give up. Maybe you have to give up, like, Isaac Ratcliffe. Mm-hmm. You might have to give up a first-round pick. This Probably is, will. This is where all a of first. your equity comes into play. Yeah. I'm guessing Ratcliffe and a first and then if you swap players like, hey, we give you this play, you give us somebody back with with him, that might be good. Okay. Because you are you are saving them cap money, so you might be able to put in a player and get back a player, too. Does he pair up with uh, Proveroff well? I think he would because he's a— your top pair? Yeah, because he is a really good shot blocker. I think I looked it up. He was in like the 120, 130 range wow. okay. for shot blocking, and he gets points. PK. And he, yeah, I mean, so Jared Spurgeon would be the perfect guy to get. He has one more year left, though, so you know yeah. you are going to have to sign him to a longer-term yeah. deal. Especially if you're going to give up that much equity. He's going to look for five or six because yep. he's not an old guy. I think he's, what, 25? Yeah, but 26? You're, you're fine signing a 25, 26-year-old player. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Defenseman, no doubt. But I think he's top of the shopping list. Okay. But uh, he has to trade. It's not a free agent. All right, top six forward. Where are you going? It's a good question. You, top you, six? You, you, ideally, you'd love to get a 2C and have Nolan Patrick get that that third pairing defenseman matchup, yeah, uh, you know, not being locked down by your your best checking line, you know, your best, you know, line to, to limit offensively. No really Patrick, give him good matchups. He, he had some good flashes, and I felt like there were some really good moments for him this year. I still think he needs to become more mature on and off the ice. The maturity is a factor for him now. Yeah, if that can get under control and he gets stronger coming in next year. You could see a really nice year out of him. I'm I'm stalling for the top six because I'm really, I'm thinking they're probably going to have to get that via trade too. Yeah, I I don't think you're going to free agent market doesn't really. I mean, they're not going to get Panarin. No, and so I'm trying to think. You know, I'm, 
How about Mitch Marner, offer sheet? Can't do uh, <laughs> Stop with that nonsense. I've been hitting you with this all year. It's nonsense. You didn't it's... get Quenville. Throw an offer sheet. $13.5 no, no. million. Give up the picks and let's go. No, it's the, the, it's not going to happen. But you know, you, At least threaten it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you might want to look at – I can give you another – I'll give you another defenseman before I can give you another um, forward. If they don't get Jarrett Spurgeon – you might try and trade for Cody Cece in Ottawa. Okay. Because Cody Cece also, while he is not like a tremendous offensive player, he's a really good skater, really good with the puck, a manageable cap hit. He's around $4 million, something like that. He's got one year left, but he's an RFA. So, so you got some control. So you got some control. Mm-hmm. That may be a guy that you look to get also if you can't get Spurgeon. But the, uh, yeah, top six. Any interest in Carlson? No. None? None. Okay. No, I mean they. That would be like bringing Peter Forsberg here. I mean every, you, you know. Think he's that gassed already, huh? Not gassed, but just with these reoccurring injuries. Yeah. Remember how much the Flyers used to depend on Forsberg? Then all of a sudden he had that foot injury. Be, you couldn't find. He couldn't and, fit his and foot then, skate. And the biggest thing, yeah, the biggest thing would be like we could put a man on the moon. We couldn't find a skate to fit he, this guy's foot. Is he playing tonight? Yeah. I think after a while he was you still would, a point per game player when he was here. I know, but I think <laughs> after a while you would get that with him. Like, is he playing now? Ryan Gazingle will be a uh, a free agent, right? Yep. That could be a good name for the Flyers. Yeah. A lot of people think he's going to end player. up extending in Columbus, though. I don't know. So they don't lose out on everything. I mean, what about Duchesne? Any interest there? I like Matt Duchesne. I, I actually. <laughs> well, I mean, but what is. I'll tell you what I like. It's hard to, to top his speed, mm-hmm. it's hard to match his skill. He didn't have a real great chance yet to show us what he can do in Columbus. I've seen what he could do skill wise. He's okay face off wise, he's not great defensively. When you're talking about the end of the day, it's hard to get a guy like Duchesne. You know, I would have interest in Matt it's a Duchesne. High pedigree guy. He's going to create a lot of money too. Um, real quick too, the goal backup goaltender situation or tandem, whatever you want to call it. Carter Hart's going to be the guy coming into next year. Uh, we asked Chuck Fletcher ideally how many games would he play, and he said for a backup, and he said anywhere between thirty and fifty. Whether that's thirty for Carter. Remains to be seen what right. he is in year two. Yeah, because you, you never know. Year two, it, there always could be an early step back, and then they sort of pull it back for a little bit, let him get it under control. Yep. Yeah, you so don't fans, know. don't freak out if he comes in next right. year and is not great right away. Right. Uh, he's going to be good because he's meticulous yeah, in that, preparation and all those things. I don't expect it to happen, but could there be a sophomore issue? Yes, there yep. could be. So, and, and it's good that Chuck has thought about that and mm-hmm. said, hey— I've been around this game long enough that this could happen. And I also think he thought about overusing a goalie because Nick Backstrom eventually went on LTIR from being overused, right? Was it Nick? What is, no, what was his first name, Backstrom, the goalie over there? Uh, Nicholas. Was it Nicholas? Was it also Nicholas? What, for the Flyers? For the Wild. Oh, for the uh, Was it Backstrom? Yeah, I think it was Backstrom. Yeah, but what was his first name? Am I getting the first name wrong? Probably. I is it Nick? I, but, but Backstrom was overused over there. Yeah. Well, th- that's why... Okay, so Cam Talbot, they traded for, they traded Anthony Stolarz for. He's on the list. He's, he's, he and Elliot are on the list. He and Elliot you know are on that? the list. Who would you feel more comfortable with of those two? Well, I would, I would rather have Talbot because I know he's really? going to— Well, uh, for two reasons. I know he's going to train the offseason with Carter Hart, mm-hmm. and mentally, Cam Talbot is, is a great guy. I mean, I could let people know that I'm working on, like, a college hockey book, so I've looked quite a bit into Cam Talbot. He actually played well here with the Rangers, if you remember. His first game was here, actually, mm-hmm. with the Rangers. So was Jordan Bennington. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but Cam is a very steady-as-she-goes guy. It's hard to rattle him. He didn't get rattled in Edmonton. It's not like the Edmonton yeah. market ate him up. It really didn't. I, I think he could really go through anything. And so I, I like... was talking to Brian Boucher about it, and he said he just needs somebody to believe in him again. Yes. I think Boucher's right. Yeah. Um, 
to me, Elliot, if he transitioned into the tandem role, A, would extend his career and could make pretty good money in that in that role. Um, and I think he's been a really good team guy, very accountable all the time. He is. If you want to make him the third goalie coach, go do it. I don't want him as the backup. Okay. It's just, and it has nothing. I'd be fine with him as It has backup. nothing to do with the guy. It has everything to do with him getting hurt, him having. Yeah, but he doesn't have a history of injury. I, you know, just, everybody says he doesn't have a history of it, but yet he doesn't ever play full seasons or yeah. finish out his role fully. So he clearly has something. But who does at that position anymore? Well, there's still guys. I mean, there's still Many. guys that do. Pekka Rene. Yeah. Uh, there's and still. He's I can, ancient, too. Yeah. Well, but yeah, yeah. ancient with like a 917 save percentage. I, I think there's more than you think. I mean, Lundquist. I could go through. There's mm. at least 10. Yeah, well, Lundquist's usage has gone way down, too. Yeah. Well, not way down. End of the season here, I think they've started shopping Georgiev. So, yep. Because otherwise, Shesh Yorkin's never going to come over if yeah. Georgiev's going to be the. So I think they shopped him a little bit. They showcase him so they can trade him. And they which, can is, bring, which is yeah. good to do. No doubt. But again, I look at it. If I'm the Flyers, Talbot's at the top of that list. I don't know if I really have to look that much further. I'd like to actually get that one squared away quickly if I'm the Flyers because Talbot's season didn't end very well. If all of a sudden you're going to say we'll get back to you, Cam, you never know what's going to happen. Oh, he yeah. might sign somewhere else. Yep. That you know, there's only so many gold backup goalie jobs. So you've got to yep. jump on that one. Yeah, and, and apparently from his exit meeting, he wants to be here. Right. Th- likes the situation. And, you know, that could be anywhere between 30 and 50 games. I mean, he likes the know. popcorn. He ate a lot of it. <laughs> yes, he did. He certainly did that. And I didn't understand some of the usage at the end. Um, Scott Gordon, the job that he did with the team. He did a good job. I, yep. I Actually, the one edge that Scott Gordon has on all these other coaches is... Knows I, the young players. Well, it's not even knows the young players. He knows the goalie situation. He was a goalie. And he has a mentality of... So he at least seems to have a decent handle on it. But then again, he also fell in love with Brian Elliott and played him way too much. So there is a little yin and yang there. At that time, in fairness, though, Elliott did 13 to 16 games. Was it two goals or less? Yes. But you didn't know it was going to go and last that many games before you mixed in the other goalies. Yeah. But anyhow, I mean, look, it's only eight goalies. I mean, we'll all forget about that, I'm sure. And have <laughs> it's going to be a trivia question and have a big day. And have a big laugh about it. Can you it. name all eight? Probably not. Let me see if I can do it. Elliot. Yeah. Neuvert. Yeah. Cal Pickard. Yeah. That's a good Mackle one. Mackle Henning. Yeah. Um, Carter Hart, obviously. Yeah. Cam Talbot. Yeah. Um, why am I not thinking of there's that? A, there's, oh. I know, I know one you haven't named for sure. Um, wow, 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 can I think of it? And I'll give you a hint. This guy needed to play X amount of games. Anthony Stolarz. Yes, or he would be at a UFA, and he's yeah, a UFA. He's a UFA. Um, and there's one more. I'm forgetting who it is. Oh, I know who it is. Who is it? Mike McKenna. Oh, Mike McKenna. Mike does no, no longer likes you. And he's a good guy, too. He is a good guy. I love yeah. the mask. Yeah. But... What I did say, I thought Gritty maybe played a game. What I did, what I did tweet out is, if you're a collectibles company, you get all those guys together, you take a picture, you get them to autograph it. I think people, would, Flyers fans, would love that and laugh at it, and you could sell a few. Oh boy, Flyers but, fans aren't laughing at much these days. No, <laughs> ticket prices. I mean, I yeah, guess we should talk them. about yeah. it. So, talk I about it on the radio show. Quite I do, a bit. I don't get that worked up just from the over overall message. Hey, our tickets are going up. I get it. It never looks good when they go up when you don't have a winning season. Again, this is a corporation that controls it. You are getting the biggest jumbotron in the league. Whether you wanted it or not, 
is one thing, but they what what the team Keep will your tell you. Keep in the trunk. Give me a better team on the ice. Well, okay, but <laughs> and that's and I do think that that's the argument. But what I'm going to tell you is, if I'm working for the team, I'm going to say, Jason, I have improved your fan experience with gritty and this jumbotron. So sorry, here's a new bill. All right, again, gritty in the trunk, jumbotron goes in the van. We're good to go. Yeah. So I mean that Give that's me that's the that's the <laughs> argument. So that's why. Don't think Chuck Fletcher is not aware of this. So I think that's what puts a lot of pressure on him oh, yeah. right now. And then you miss out on Quenville. Right. And I, but, okay, I mentioned but this again, on my radio show. Did they miss out on Quenville? No, no, no they but that's didn't. the perception. That is the perception. So that's the perception, but I mentioned this on my radio show, and I'll run this by you. Because they do not have Joel Quenville, and a lot, and a lot of people feel like they lost something they never had. Right. And the ticket prices are going up. Is And you mentioned Chuck Fletcher. Is it in the back of his head that, okay, I have to— Excuse me. Now overcompensate a bit, so I have to get more aggressive via trade, via free agent, to bring something to bring a show in here, and, uh-huh. to be, and couple that frost too with the city, Sixers Embiid, Phillies Bryce Harper, Eagles are what they are. Carson Wentz and they I won do Super Bowl think two years ago. I do think there is. I do think there's a, a certain amount of showmanship, and I felt like when Chuck told us that they definitely are going for a highly skilled goal scorer, most likely in the draft. That's something where you know what that will create some excitement. Yep. So I, you know what I but think. But are they a ten if they stay there? Are they going to get a guy that's coming in right away? No, not a ten. No, no, what? No shit. No. But well, shot. <laughs> I can curse here actually. But you can. This is an open forum. You're good. But it still will create excitement at the draft, afterwards in rookie camp, and, and that's you sort of need that little spark right now with the Flyers. You do. Uh, real quick on mm-hmm. that. Um, I know uh, I heard Craig Button talking about the the top of the draft uh-huh. and also heard Bob McKenzie talking about it. The gap between Jack Hughes and Capocacco has shrunk significantly based on this past year. Yawn. Yeah. Still Hughes all the way. Yeah. I, I mean, that's just I, I don't I don't know who they're talking to. And they certainly talk to more guys than I did. Yeah. But anybody who I've spoken to this year hasn't given me that indication at all. Yeah. So but the gap is closed, but they're still saying Jack Hughes is consensus. Yes. I, I don't think the gap is closed at all. Okay. I think the gap is wide. I think one, two, we know. Then I think three through eight yep. is the next pairing. And then I don't know if you'll get a franchise player beyond eight. Doesn't mean there's a ton of good players. Don't get me wrong. This draft will produce players. But I'm talking about when I'm talking about a franchise player, I'm talking about Claude Giroux type. Okay. That kind of guy. Okay. And I hope this year Bobby Clark remembers if he goes up on stage, this is, you know, that last time they were in Vancouver, they, they didn't get Claude's name right. I'm hoping Bobby, if they send him up there, he'll know who they're picking. No question. Just about kidding, it. Bobby. Just All right, kidding. I'm going to run the NHL draft simulator because he goes, yep. at taping here, it's one day away. They're going to do the draft lottery tomorrow. Night. I love the draft lottery. I do. Do it the night before the playoffs. It's a brilliant move. I'm sure Chuck's going to have lucky socks. He just didn't say it. Yeah, exactly. All right, I'm going to run it right now. All right, ready? Yep. The simulator is going. Minnesota with the number one overall pick, Anaheim, and then the Rangers, Flyers still picking. So Actually moved down a spot to If 11. that happens, that'll be the first time the Rangers have ever picked third. They have never picked higher than four. So 3-2-1 is uncharted territory for the New York Rangers. And that's I've actually I blew people's minds the other day on the radio when I said they've never had the first overall and they never have. Yeah, it's crazy. Considering how long they've been around. So that would be interesting. 
I just ran it again. And Philly is second. Chicago. No, no, but Philly being second, you know a bunch of people just said, of oh, course God. they're Patrick second. Patrick Kane and they're going to end up with JVR. <laughs> but in this draft, if you end up with Capo Keiko, he will play right away. Yeah, and he will score right and away. And he will score right and away. And it's the winger you've been looking for. Yeah. So they have an 11. 11- but he's more of a playmaker. Just so you know, he can yeah. score, but he's more of a playmaker. Um, they, the Flyers have a 3.5% chance at the number one overall pick. Right. And an 11.4% chance to land into the top three. And, and that's the realistic portion when you're rooting for, for these one things more, to happen. I just ran it again. Philly. Back to back. Philly gets the number one pick. Ottawa to then Colorado. Right. And the Rangers get the third pick. Right. Jack Hughes would be a flyer according to this. Yep. That would, be, that would be crazy. I will tell you one more thing. So with the Ottawa-Colorado situation, if Colorado gets the first pick, then you know what? Hey, you can kill Ottawa. I, I give you full, yep. you know. Full marks, Brady Kachuk, it's like, full marks to do it. But yeah. really, from three on, you can't kill them. If, if yeah. Colorado gets four, they did the right thing because they got a year of development out of Brady Kachuk. And you Kachuk, know what he is. And you know what he is. If they get Don't two. Don't make him the villain. If they get two, it's to be determined. Yeah. Because it's not a slam dunk that Kako is going to be it's better than Brady Kachuk. Versus the one it is. And that's yeah. what I kept trying to tell everybody yeah. last year. And they Gotta all were like, it. no, 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 you don't do it. And it's like, you know what? He's been playing. He had 22 goals this year. He's pretty good. Okay. Um, real quick. We're going to play a round right now of guess Russ's picks. All right. All right. And I'm talking about the NHL awards. Yep. So let's first and foremost start with the Calder. Okay. Your preseason selection was Elias Pettersson, and your postseason selection is Elias Pettersson. Yep. And it's not Jordan Bennington, but he is he on your ballot? Top three. Yes, he is. Okay. Played a half a season. Yep. But was tremendous. Okay. Was tremendous. I do want you to just, you need to do a mea copa here because you acted the like. The award hasn't been handed out yet. Oh, really? You're going to go there? Darlene is going to, could finish second. And that's who I had for the call. Okay, fine. But you still would be finishing second to me. That's the point. That's the problem. <laughs> but that's just one category. Okay. Okay, for the Selkie, I think Russ's pick will be Sasha Barkov. No. No, okay, then you're going to go Mark Stone. Yes. Oh, you want a winger. Winger. Wow. Yeah, okay. I do think it's deserved. I okay. do. On your ballot, though, is Barkov? No, I actually didn't have him on there this year. Okay, There's Bergeron? Been, yeah, Bergeron is there. I'll give, you, I'll give you, no, Couturier is not on there this year. Okay. He had been on in previous years. The Selkie guys, I have Stone, Ryan O'Reilly. Great call. Uh, Patrice Bergeron, Sidney Crosby, Austin Matthews. Okay, very good. All right, the Norris. The Norris. All right, so right now. Now I'm remember, one the for Norris two. is interesting because when you get the email, they basically tell you that it's the overall, gr- you know, grip on the position, not just the scoring. Like I know people think it has been for the. Yep. For the re- does your Norris candidate years. play for the Calgary Flames? He does. Whoa! Two out of three. Yep. Yeah. All but right. who do I have as the number two? Brent Burns. No. Number two? Number two might surprise you. Um, and number three, you should be able to get once you know number two. Number two. Darlene. No. <laughs> nope. Nope. I have no idea. John Carlson. Oh, good one. Yeah. He actually had 164 blocks this year besides wow. 70-something points or 70 points. Wow. I mean, and so number that's... number three? Number three is Morgan Riley. He did... Mm-hmm. He is the first Leafs goalie to... Goalie. Defenseman. Defenseman to have 20 or more goals in a lot of years. Okay. Um, the heart. The heart. Now, I mean, this should be a slam dunk. Nikita Kucherov. Right. Now, the number two and number three are the ones here right. that could be interesting. Johnny Gaudreau is in the top three. He got scratched. 
You scratch Gaudreau. He was on the initial list. You I live in the state of I New know. Jersey. I live close to Hollydale. I skate in Hollydale. Not anymore. You don't. Well, <laughs> all right. Uh, okay, so you don't have Gaudreau. They still want my seven bucks. Trust so me. You, uh, are you going to put Sidney Crosby on that? List? Yeah, he's on there. Okay, and are you going to put Connor McDavid on that list? He, he is on there. Okay, that's pretty good work out of me. But you still haven't guessed who number two or number three is. Oh, oh. The, ah! How many do you have? Five. five? Okay. Um, we do five. Number two after Kucherov. How about... You wouldn't put Stamkos in there, would no, you? No, but he had 45 goals. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm thinking. Stamkos okay, went so you, under you, the radar. So you have Ovechkin. Yes, number two. Okay. Who's number three? Uh, number three. Is he a play for a Western Conference team? I'm not saying. Well, damn you. Um, Although I will say this, number three can be as annoying as you. Could be an, as oh, he's a goalie. No, he's not a goalie. Oh. No, no, no. I was say you Don't think goalie. about goalie, but I'm just saying in general. On the ice, he could be as annoying as you. Domi. No, Brad <laughs> Marchand. Ah, uh, really? He had a hundred points. Yeah, it's a good point. A lot of hundred point scores this year. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then Crosby and then McDavid. Yeah. Because McDa- and, and people are asking why McDavid is last. And he it's because his team didn't make the playoffs. He's the best player, which it says mm-hmm. he has to be the he's most important player of his team. 51% of his team's goals right. he's in on. He is the most important yeah. player of his team, but his team stinks. Yeah, it's a shame. It um, is a shame. And uh, I'm, Although we're happy to report that it looks like his leg is not uh, that bad. That was a bad looking He was injury. over 30 miles an hour, like 35 miles an hour, something like that, crashing into the I love his to the post. about... If I don't play the game that way, then they're going to give them their millions back. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, no, he's he's a great kid. Um, okay, the Jack Adams. Uh, your winner for the Jack Adams, to me, has got to be Barry Trotz. It is Barry Trotz. Yeah. I, although I've gone round and round with a lot of other worthy people. I don't vote on it. You know, that's not something I right, get to vote on. Your top three ballot, if you did, though, I think you would also have Craig Berube on that list. No. You would not have Craig No, Berube because on. I think Jordan Biddington played more, a far further So you role. just tapped the right goalie. That's okay. it. Okay. Um, also on that list, then, I, I think you would put John Cooper, even though you had the best team? Nope. No. No Cooper. Uh, Jeremy Colleton. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> or how about... The number two one, you will kick yourself. Absolutely kick yourself. I'm not kidding. Because look at the color you're wearing. Flyers? No, but Rod Brindamore. Oh, uh, yeah, and Carolina finally gets in. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm not sorry. big on that bandwagon of the Carolina. Everybody loves Carolina. I don't love Carolina. I'm sorry. If I told you at the beginning of the year that Peter Morozik and Curtis McElhaney would be their goalies. Yeah, I see this emotion from Morozik, and I'm going, where the hell was that last year okay. when you came in here and played like a deadbeat? Right. But if I would have— couldn't stop a beach ball from actually, the Actually, McElhaney is apparently getting a lot of the credit for that because he's a very calm veteran that mm-hmm. sort of showed him the way again. But if I'd have told you those are the two goalies going into the year, what would you have said they were a playoff no, team? No, I said they're going to be in the lottery. Okay. <laughs> All so. right, and then who's the third one? The third one I haven't really thought about— if I'm going to think about it, uh... you'd have to. You got to go, Chief. I think you got to give him more credit. I'm here. not giving Chief credit. You're not giving him any credit, huh? No. no. Hell, that team was the worst team in the league on January 3rd. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They finished with 99 points. You know who I'm going to give it to? Who? I'm going to give it to John Tortorella because at the end of the day, oh, he went through the meat grinder. Think about this. Well, his GM put everything on him. If you think about this, mm-hmm. as a coach, was there a coach that was more under fire? All year long than John Tortorella. What about up in Calgary? It's a good coaching job by Bill Peters. Yeah. But Comes Bill, from Carolina, goes but up there. Bill got to coast a little bit with that team. 
He already had the Hampus. The Lindholm trade yep. was already in there. It, that was already all that stuff was set for him. Mm-hmm. They already had a really good defense that just wasn't performing. But John Tortorella, once those trades were made and they were out of playoff position, tell me the pressure he was under. No, you're right. Okay, you're right. And you know I'm not the good. biggest Torts fan, but I am. I love Torts, <laughs> and I have to give him credit. Um, I do. He's a good coach. Okay. Uh, real quick, first round. Who wins? Let's go. Let's go series by series. Just read them off, and I'll tell you because I forgot my phone with all my picks. Yeah. And by the way, we're going to do a. Bracket. I think I did that last year too. We'll tweet it out. Okay. The bracket challenge. Okay. Uh, Eastern Conference first round. Tampa takes on Columbus. I have Tampa in six. Six. Okay. I have Tampa as well. Uh, Boston, Toronto. People that has as a fait accompli. Toronto's done. Boston in five. Ooh, you do as well, and I do, but I have it going. Seven. Well, I mean, is it? I get that there's going to be maybe a, a, a switch flipped, but I Since don't... they added Nylander back to that team? Yeah, Nylander did not help him. I think oh, Tavares would be great to have. I think Matthews would be well much improved, but Jake Gardner's back is an issue. Mm-hmm. And talking about overuse, Freddie Anderson got overused. Yep. So, uh... Okay. Another first-round exit for the Leafs. I'm sure they'll be happy. <laughs> um, the Washington Capitals, the defending Stanley Cup chance against your Carolina Hurricanes. Capitals. Storm surge or not? Capitals in six. Wow. Bye-bye, Carolina. Glad you got to enjoy if they it. Get, if they do it in six, people will say, you know no, what? That's a good well. season. Yeah. Uh, the Islanders in Pittsburgh. This is an intriguing series. It, it really is because, again, for people that don't know, I grew up on Long Island. Mm-hmm. I grew up a Ranger fan. I went to plenty of games at the Coliseum. The Coliseum's redone. They've got home ice, which is crazy if yep. somebody would have said at the beginning of this year, besides making the playoffs, they'd have home ice. Without Tavares. Robin Leonard clearing up his whole situation oh, helped a lot. One of the great stories of the year, by the way. And, and Barry Trotz. But end of the day, they lose in six. Now, I'm giving them six because I do think the home ice advantage is pretty great for the Islanders. Okay. Uh, off to the Western Conference. Okay. Calgary gets Colorado as the number two wild card. Big upset. Colorado wins in six. Whoa. Goaltending's coming together. Goaltending. And there is, you go. Goaltending is the issue for Calgary. I'm not, I'm not on that one yet. I'm not sure. But in the first round, you look at goaltending, and I see a weak spot for Calgary. I yep. don't know if it's Mike Smith. I don't know if it's Riddich. I don't know. Right. I'm, and if I, don't I don't even know, know. That's a problem. I don't even know if they know. Exactly. Uh, and let's same theme here. San Jose and Vegas. San Jose has got like a team 889 save percentage this year. I don't care. I, two things made that happen. And Fleury's back. You mean Eric Carlson's back? No, Fleury. Marc-Andre Fleury's. Healthy again. Oh, oh, you're worried about the Vegas side. Yeah. You were talking about San Jose. You're, yeah, yeah. Now you skipped there. Yeah. Okay. Eric Carlson's back. I think that will help Martin Jones as much as anything. Mm-hmm. I am going San Jose in seven. Okay. I'm not now, I know that. in seven, people are like, Wah. but they are a veteran team. Coin flip. And, and I do like the coaching there. And I think people have way overblown this Martin Jones stuff. Way overblown it. The numbers are the numbers. No, no. He hasn't been good this year. Is the team in the playoffs? Yeah, and they've also slid down the—I think they're 2-8-1 in their last 11. Has the guy made it to the Stanley Cup? Yeah, okay. That, that was a couple of years ago. Hey, what is Martin Jones ancient? He maybe didn't nah, have the greatest regular season. Maybe he was Do the you one not, and done. Okay. Do you, maybe he was the Hamburglar. Really? Andrew Hammond. No, not really. But Did I'm Andrew sure. Hammond ever make it to the Stanley Cup? No. <laughs> no, but he had a nice run, mm. and he got paid for it. Uh, if you want to look up the one and done guy, it's Andy Aikenhead. He was a New York Ranger Andy goalie. Andy Aikenhead. Look up, look him up. Oh he, my God. he won the Stanley Cup, and then I think he had a nervous breakdown. Poor guy. All right, uh, Nashville, Dallas. 
Nashville, Dallas. Nashville will win in six. Mm, I think Dallas. How do you you now? I will say this about Dallas: stingiest team, stingiest team in the second half. No question mm-hmm. about it. How many goals does Valerie Nishushkin have? Zero? I think it's zero. Yeah, it's, pretty, um, it's astounding, actually. It is actually astounding. <laughs> but how hurt is Ben Bishop? Yeah, that's the big question. Well, they got to go back up, though. Anton Kudobin's good, right? But yeah. is he get past Nashville good? No. Maybe. You should be worried about that. Winnipeg, St. Louis. Wow, what a series this could be. Yeah, I'm going to go Winni- Winnipeg in six. Ooh, I think. St. Louis. I think I-, I love Jordan Bennington, as you know. I do think... The defense is tremendous. I do think Tarasenko, nobody talks about the stupid trading of him anymore. Nope. Schwartz is healthy. I saw Fabry even playing, which he's mm-hmm. making an appearance. All that's great. You know what? Chief's got to prove it to me. Mm. All right. He well, really has to prove it to me. All right. Well, that was fun, Russ. It was. Sportsology on Twitter, at Sportsology, at Jason Mert, at Stick to Hockey Pod. Enjoy your playoffs. We'll be back next week. Thank you, everybody.